It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 6.07 on a Saturday morning. This is Lawn and Garden, and I'm Walter Reeves, and I am the Georgia Gardener here to help you be more successful in your garden. And all you have to do, all you have to do to be more successful is to learn a little bit every Saturday morning, and that is my role in life, to come in every Saturday, 6 a.m. to 10 to 9 a.m., and to answer questions. If you have a question, no matter how basic, how crazy, how weird, how... You don't think anybody would ever ask that question before. Or if you're a complete beginner and don't know anything about gardening and you just thought this morning or yesterday when you went to bed, you think, I would like to know how to plant a tomato. I would like to know how to make my lawn be better. I would like to know X or Y or Z or D. All you have to do is call me. Just call. I'm trained in the art of talking to people. <laughs> and so you can call me at 404-872-0750. 404-872-0750. That gets you in. You get your question answered. Ashley will talk to you for just a minute. Ashley Frasca here, screening calls. Be the first person you'll talk to. And then once you have gotten your question answered, you'll be on your day and your your life is better. You're more successful at doing whatever you want to do in your landscape. This past week, I had a teenager who was mowing my lawn, and I was inside the house, and he came hobbling in, grimacing. Oh, he had such a big, sad face on. He came in. I said, what's wrong with you? He said, something stung me on the back of my leg. I looked on the back of his leg. This big welt had already popped up on the back of his shin, and he'd been, I'm sure, hit by a yellow jacket as he was mowing. He found the yellow jacket nest the hard way. And so we treated it, put some anti-sting, anti-inflammatory stuff on it to make it go back down again. And then I tried to figure out how I would locate the yellow jacket nest in the lawn and in the ivy that he was mowing down for me, too. And we have a quick weather update. There's weather, severe weather in North Georgia. Oh, well, that was, okay, we can do that during the news. Okay, right. I heard the tones here. But during the uh, time of trying to find the yellow jacket, it was difficult to see exactly where they were going into the ground. You could see them hovering just a little bit above the grass, but none of them seemed to be actually headed towards anything in the lawn. So I've given up on trying to find that yellow jacket nest. I may have a couple more tricks. I'll let you know next week whether or not that works or not. But one of the things I wanted to mention is that yellow jackets are still, even though they stung poor Gideon on the back of his leg, they're still considered a beneficial insect. They do good things. They eat a lot of aphids. They eat caterpillars. They eat all sorts of critters that you really don't um, want to have in your landscape or in your garden. And so yellow jackets, if they were not there where he's mowing, would be something I would leave alone. If I just found happened to find a little nest in the woods back way behind the house where I never go again, I would leave them alone. If I see a hornet nest up in a tree or if I see paper wasps in a place that I don't really go and habitate a lot, then I would say leave them alone because they do such a good job in getting caterpillars out of trees particularly. If you have things like fall webworms in a tree, all you have to do is pull the webbing down out of the tree and the yellow jackets and the hornets and the wasps will go in there and eat them. <laughs> Just go right into the nest and eat them because they don't have any of that webbing up in the tree to protect the caterpillars anymore. 
If you do find yellow jackets in your lawn, if I do find the yellow jackets in my lawn, it's pretty easy to control them, and it doesn't take much. If I'm feeling particularly just don't want to mess with it anymore, I'll take an aerosol can and squirt it into the hole, you know, where they come out of the hole. If I can see it, maybe go out there at night when I can barely see the hole, just do a little squirt, psst, like that. If you have a little psst like that, that's all that's needed to kill a nest. Just get some down in the mouth of the hole. And when you do that, then you kill the, uh, kill the yellow jackets in the hole as they come out. Then, during the day, if I think, well, I'll do something during the day, a little bitty bit of dust, of seven dust, for instance, is really easy to apply. Get a little tablespoon of seven dust, go over to the hole, just drop it in, just like that, drop it into the hole, and the yellow jackets will be dead in 24 hours. I know some people who have, <laughs> have some of these odd ways of treating yellow jacket nests. One person takes a clear glass bowl and puts them over the hole, over the hole of the yellow jacket nest, and just watches them come up in the bowl. They can't get out because it packs dirt and stuff around the edges of the bowl. But he says, I just pack the dirt around there and watch them inside that glass bowl, and eventually they all cook to death. It gets too hot inside the bowl, they all cook, which mm, seems sort of cruel, but that's what this person does, and that's how he does it. Others, and you should not ever do this, use gasoline. Gasoline not only you know it kills the yellow jackets, maybe it doesn't kill all of them usually, but it is also a pollutant to the soil. You can't grow anything there for a while, so be careful and don't use gasoline. Another thing to remember about the aerosol wasp and hornet sprays is that many of them have, mm, what would you call it, a petroleum carrier. They smell like mm, gasoline, kerosene a little bit because that's what the chemical is dissolved in. And so if you spray it onto your grass, it will kill the grass. So be aware that if you use a petroleum carrier wasp and hornet spray, then you can kill the grass. If it should say on the label contains water, water is what carries the chemical, then you can use that and it won't hurt your grass at all. So yellow jackets, if you have a question about other things that you want to know about yellow jackets, all you have to do is give me a call, 404-872-0750. Let's go to the phones. First person in line is our friend J.D. J.D., join us on Lawn and Garden. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Walter. How are you? I'm doing fine, J.D. What's going on? Gosh, Walter, in respect for uh, uh, the, the, the little lady from uh, Virginia, Georgia, <laughs> I feel bad you're going ahead of her. <laughs> so how can I help, J.D.? Here's this question. I have an area that's uh, 20 by 50, yeah. and uh, there's nothing can grow there, no grass, because uh, it's completely shaded, uh-huh. 100%, yeah. uh, all the yeah. time. I want something to plant there that I can occasionally walk on, but I don't want it too dense because yeah. uh, I'm afraid of snakes. <laughs> you don't like that either. <laughs> yeah. well, I just want some suggestions from you. Uh, if you can tell me what can I plant there. You know, you can plant exactly what I have in my way backyard where the crepe myrtles shaded out all my lawn grass back there. There's a, a plant that's called Mondo grass. It's not a grass. It's a little lily. It looks like monkey grass. You know what monkey grass yeah. looks like, J.D.? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So Mondo grass, very thin-bladed, green, and very, very shade-tolerant. It will grow wherever you plant it in the shade. It only gets, if you leave it to grow, it'll only get four or five inches tall. But if you mow it about twice a year, it stays down at about, well, two, two and a half, maybe, whatever your mower is set to. And um, the Mondo grass would be a perfect example for you. I don't think snakes would be in the Mondo grass. Oh, okay. And uh, you see, I can can move it maybe a a couple of times a year. Like I say, I mow mine 
two, possibly three in the spring when the uh, the ends of the of the blades will get a little bit tattered on the plant, and so I mow it once in the spring when it's warmed up, sometime in late April, early May, and it takes a little tattered brown edge off the off the blades of uh, mundo grass, and then one time again, again, I guess I mowed it. When did I mow it last? Okay, three weeks ago. Um, if you get the little plant, do you know what what the plant looks like to begin with, JD? Oh, absolutely. Yes, okay. I do. Then, if you find a little patch of it in somebody's yard, you can dig up that patch, and there'll be a hundred of them in a shovel full. If <laughs> you just dig up a patch of it, there's a hundred plants in there. And what I do is, if the ground is pretty dry, you can simply take your fingers and divide the uh, plants apart, and you can get a hundred separate little plants. I space them, J.D., about four or five inches apart, sort of depending on my mood that day. Oh, okay. And there's an easy way to plant them, too. I have, well, I'm going to give you information that is just totally free and interesting, and, and uh, nobody knows this. But the way that I plant them, J.D., is to get a little hatchet. I have a little yard hatchet about a foot and a half long right. with a blade on it. And I slam the ground with a hatchet. It makes a little slit in the ground. The blade of the hatchet mm-hmm. makes a little slit. Then I take one plant, stick it in there, mash it just a little bit with the end of my fingers to firm the soil around the roots of the plant. End of story. That's all you have to do. A little slit in the ground with my hatchet, plant in the slit, firm it a little bit with my fingers, and go on to the next one. Do 100 okay. and, you know, 15. And you said minutes. about four or five inches apart? I think so. Four or five sounds about right. Because they'll grow together within a year or so. They'll cover the ground between each other, and you'll have a solid mass of mondo grass. Mm-hmm. That's not going to be too deep where I can't, you know, uh, be afraid of snakes being in no, there. No, not at all, because it's not very tall. The snake would be crazy to be in there because the snakes do not like to be exposed because, you know, hawks and predators, dogs, cats, and things like that can eat the snake if they're exposed. And so snakes would avoid something that is this low to the ground. So I, see. I, I don't think you've got a problem with snakes there. Well, thank you so kindly. I appreciate you, sir. It is my pleasure to be of service to everyone and everywhere. Thanks for calling, J.D. We'll see you soon. Thank you. We got 617 at News Talk WSB. We'll be back to more Lawn and Garden after this. Get breaking news, weather, and traffic updates all weekend on WSB, the WSB radio app. Then Monday in Atlanta's morning news, Kirk Mellis updates a stormy start to the week with his five-day forecast. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Right now, severe thunderstorm watch for most of North Georgia. Severe thunderstorm warning for East Cobb and Forsyth County. High today of uh, around 88 degrees, low of 69, and about the same for tomorrow. By the way, the tone that you hear in the background while we're broadcasting, that is the one that there is a th- severe thunderstorm watch. Usually we don't play it in the morning because there it is right there. We don't play it in the morning because there's rarely any severe thunderstorm watches in the morning. But we are doing it today because there is a severe thunderstorm watch. So be aware of that and keep a lookout when you're driving around this morning. Our full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Meg joins us from Smyrna. Hey, Meg, good morning. Welcome to Lawn and Garden. Good morning to you. Hi, how can I help? I have um, yellow squash plants in my garden. Yeah. And they don't have the squash vine borers because I used some uh, seven dust earlier. But the little yellow fruits now have holes in them with little green worms. And 
I wanted to know if I could use neem oil or something like that on the on the little squashes to get rid of those bugs or keep them from pouring in. Neem will help a little bit, but the key in, in controlling those fruit worms is putting the insecticide right where the fruit touches the, or starts from the vine of the plant without getting any insecticide into the blooms of the plant that you would kill honeybees and other pollinators who are coming in trying to do good work for you. So you could, I have heard of people using neem, I've heard of people using seven even, but doing it with very, very careful application, taking a little Q-tip or a swab and trying to put the neem, put the um, insecticide right there at the end of the squash plant on the neck of your yellow squash. If you'll do that and protect the squash fruit for oh, two or three days, then you're home free because they attack just when the squash is about two or three inches long. That's when the eggs are laid, the larvae hatches out and bores into the squash and then the fruit worm makes you sort of <laughs> makes you sort of not want to eat that squash anymore so uh yeah. if you just put the insecticide right at the neck of the squash and be careful about where you put it that's what you have to do to control them do do they come for up from the ground or are they no, they're they're um, no they're leaves? they're uh moths moth i think they're moths is the parent creature for them not a butterfly but a moth it's a moth. I think, yeah. My memory is that it is, but go look it up if you. I'm okay. Not positive if that's the case. It's a moth, I think. Yeah, I think it But is. neem oil won't. Uh, well, of course, I wash it when I bring it in because yeah, it's dirty. But neem oil is not toxic for humans, right? Oh no, not at all. Neem comes okay. from the neem trees, you know. And over in India, I'm told that in India, kids will pass by a little neem tree, a little bush, and will break off the twigs and use them to brush their teeth because it makes a little sort of foamy <laughs> stuff in their mouth. So they brush their teeth with the twigs, fish them out before they go in the school building. And so really? the, as the neem tree is not uh, considered toxic to humans, but the oil that you can extract from the nuts and from the bark of the tree is a pretty good organic insecticide. Well, that's that's really interesting. I sure. never heard that. Yeah, so. that's what you want. That is what you want. Sure is. Well, thanks for calling, Meg. We'll see you soon. Okay. Thank you. 627 at News Talk WSB. This is Lon and Garden. Our phone number, 404 The next half hour, Ed and John Screek is going to talk about his cleara, his azaleas, all the shrubs dying one limb at a time. Barbara has yellow jackets by her dead tree trunk. He's some advice on what to do with them now. And Bill in Buckhead has wilt on his tomato leaves. What's he going to do about that? You can add your name to the list, 404-872-0750. We'll see you right here after news. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 636 on a Saturday morning, 75 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener, here to help you be more successful in your landscape and also to help keep you safe in the weather that's going on outdoors. You heard Brad Nitz say that there's a severe weather storm warning right now, thunderstorm warning for most of North Georgia. Actually, Frasca is looking over the Internet right now. Actually, what do you see? It's some amazing lightning. Yeah, a lot of the calls that we're getting now, Walter, are coming from the Gwinnett and Hall County areas with right. the lightning Hail reported in Sugar Hill, Georgia. Ooh. So the uh, severe thunderstorm warning expires now at 715 for Barrow, Gwinnett, 
Paul, Jackson, Oconee, and Walton counties. And the severe thunderstorm warnings still exist for Cobb, DeKalb, and Fulton, even though the storms are moving east. Those expire at 7. What was that video I saw you I saw over your shoulder just now in Smyrna or someplace? It was raining like crazy out there. Yeah, pretty heavy rain. That was in Sandy Springs and Gwinnett oh, oh. and Duluth and Snellville are getting it now as well. It's pounding right now. So stay inside. Don't drive if you can do it. If you're driving, keep your lights on. And we will keep you updated with all the weather reports that we have that will keep you safe as you drive on this Saturday morning. Let's go to the phones on Lawn and Garden. We've got Ed in Johns Creek who joins us right now. Hey, Ed, good morning. Uh, good morning, Walter. Uh, by the way, I can confirm that the, um, the up in Johns Creek, we just had that storm yeah. that just passed through. It's still, still going through here right now, so that's, wow. a, that's a warning, not, not a watch. Uh, as I mentioned to Ashley, Walter, I've got uh, a, a lot of shrubs and ornamentals in my yard, and on occasions, and I've been here for 13 years, and this, the, the, the shrubs and so forth have probably been here for 25 yeah. years. Uh, and I'm starting to lose, or I, over a period of time, I've been losing like a limb off of, off of the major uh, base that comes up from, say, an azalea or a laurel or mm. a cleara. Mm-hmm. And recently, uh, I'm, I'm losing about half of a large, maybe a six or seven foot um, cleara, and i I, I'm a novice, so nothing intuitive guides me, so I have right. to ask questions. Um, but I, I spoke to our folks at our favorite nursery, and, and I actually took pictures of the base of this um, uh, tr- uh, shrub, and the, the, uh, there were what would appear to be a hole around huh. the roots going down into the, to the oh, ground, and almost okay. like it, not like a little round hole where anything was dug out, but it just was, an, you know, like, almost like it collapsed. Sure. And uh, I was advised that I could have uh, voles, which Maybe. I've never experienced Maybe. before, and I, right. I bought some, um, some bonide, a uh, mole max, I think it's called, and right. I began treating it as a granular this past Tuesday, but we still don't know for sure if that's what I'm dealing with, and yeah. I just wanted to get your thoughts. That is interesting. Cleara, a big shrub, generally tough as nails, has zero problems from any disease, just about any insect or anything like that. But, yeah, if, if something were gnawing at the base of a limb, it would kill that limb, and then you got this great big brown limb coming off the side of the cleara. For smaller shrubs like uh, azaleas and you know, little bitty things, sometimes it happens to be, it'll be root rot or something happens to the root system on that side of the plant, so the limb just dies because it doesn't have any root um, activity going on underneath it. One of the things you need to look for, Ed, at the base of any limb that dies, look to see if you can see tooth marks. Literally, you can see tooth marks from voles, little mouse creatures, that will gnaw around the bark of the tree. It's sweet, and so they like to eat it, and that is what leads to the death of the limb. But look for the tooth marks down at the bottom. Go and have to go on your hands and knees and <laughs> see it, I guess, Ed. But go in and look at it and see what you find, because many times if you see the tooth marks, that is just definitive for, okay, we've got voles here. And honestly, rather than the uh, mole max med stuff that you're using, a mouse trap works great. Get a mouse trap and bait it with peanut butter, put it right up next to the hole, and come check it once in a while, and you'll probably find a dead vole there pretty quickly. Well, uh, Walter, do they do they do their damage underneath the surface? I mean, yeah, is it they at can the do root? It both. Right at the, it's sort of right halfway above and halfway below the surface. I have a a camellia that they ate about half the roots on it. It fell over, fell over to one side, and the root system that was remaining is still healthy. And the camellia bloomed just, just great flowers on it all this year. I never have straightened it up. 
But um, if you see damage is sort of right at ground level and right a little bit below ground level, that's that's bold. Yeah, I've, I've actually I've actually looked around and I've got other ones. I know there are Laurel that's doing the same Laurel and a Clearo right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I, I should add that this one, the large one that I'm really concerned about. Uh, I have had a fungus. I had an arborist come out a few years ago and diagnosed it with fungus and yeah. with a black sooty looking stuff along the base of it. And I've treated for that. I've treated for everything else. And, uh, it just, but what's happening is just like a whole sec, the large, a large limb coming off of the yeah. base of the, you know, elevated maybe two feet off the ground. Ooh, now is, that's not voles. Voles don't get that high. Okay. Well, I, what, what, what he, what the, the thought was is that, he was eating the roots, which was killing a section of. Uh, okay. Okay. Well, that that makes more sense. Sure. Yeah. So that so you're if if I don't see any any gnaw marks down there any place, um, I mean, what else could this be? Do you think? I mean, I I, I treat only, it, I fertilize it, I water it. And, the only thing I can think of is is it doesn't have a whole lot of use for you, but it's the. It just does that sometimes. <laughs> that yeah, doesn't okay. really help a whole lot, okay. does it? Just um, get old and die. Yeah, just up and die. Just limbs up and die. Um, but again, if you again suspect that the vole is there, look for those tooth marks. That is certainly something that you will be uh, able to above see. Above the and, ground, then, obviously. I mean, this would be at the surface. Um, at the surface and a little bit below. And you may, again, have to get on your hands and knees, go in there and pull the dirt away with your fingers just to see what's going on and see if the roots are severed, as somebody suggested, that the roots do, might do, be. Do they, do, is this something they eat, or are they just being mischievous? Oh, they eat what? it. Oh, yeah, it's sweet. They love eating bark. Okay. It's more okay. likely to happen in February, March when it's colder and there's not as much for things for them to eat in the it, normal. Does, does a mole, ma- mole max stuff? Does it? It says it's a deterrent, like a repellent, so it doesn't. Uh, it just tastes bad, or it doesn't send them to the happy whole, you know, hunting ground, does it? I, I don't want to disparage any product, but there's not much science that supports its use as a repellent. Okay. Okay. I understand. But on I the understand. other hand, as I said, mousetrap is a very effective way to control voles. Okay, well, I'll give it a shot. All right. Uh, all right, always enjoy your show, Walter. Thank you, Ed. Good luck Thank with you, it. We'll see all you right. soon. Bye-bye. we got Barbara in Atlanta. She's got yellow jackets. Good gosh. Hey, Barbara, good morning. Good morning. So what did you find? Yeah, when you were, well, when you were talking about yellow jackets earlier, just about one day last week, I yeah. noticed some coming from a tree stump about five feet from my back door. Ah. And I just wondered, I mean, I don't see a lot of them. If I just don't do anything, will they be back year after year after year? They won't be and back And I wondered if shooting them with year. roach spray or spider dust. Or I what? would go ahead and control them now because there's... Even though they will not come back year after year after year, they leave their nests in the fall. Only a queen, maybe two queens, will survive from that nest of hundreds, if not thousands, of them. But oh. the queen that survives finds some place in the dead leaves or in a stump or someplace to overwinter. Then she comes out in the spring and makes a little bitty hole, lays four or five eggs. They hatch. The workers make a bigger hole. She lays more eggs. They hatch. Pretty soon she's got a little colony going, and that's what happened in your stump. But again, it does not repeat. She doesn't use the same place every year. The same queen does not survive every uh, more than one year. And the ones you have in the, in the tree stump by the back door are going to get more and more and more and more and more irritating, if not attacking, okay. you walking past. So I think now is the time to go ahead and nip it in the bud and use a little wasp spray on it. Okay, like I have roach spray. Is that, would that work? Anything or? that you can get into the hole. And again, if you do it in dusk when things are pretty 
you know, pretty dim, but you can see what you're doing outside. They're going to be in the mound. They don't fly outside when it's dark because they can't see very well. And okay. so just a little walk up to it, go like that, and walk back inside the house. End of story. Okay. Okay. Well, that's great. Thank you so much. Hey, Barbara. Thanks for calling. Okay. Bye. We've got John in Ballground, Georgia. John, welcome. Welcome to Lawn and Garden. Morning, Walter. Hi, John. Um, I'm having a problem with my blueberry bushes. Yeah. Like, they're about 16 years old, and usually I'd be able to go out and pick about a quart of blueberries every morning. Yeah. This year, after about three days of picking, they dried up and nothing's coming more. Hmm. And they're big bushes. I mean, they're like eight or nine feet tall, some of them. You know, you're just north enough, John, that I'm suspecting it's cold damage, winter damage, that you didn't have as many blooms as you have had in the last, in the last years. And with not as many blooms, you got somewhat of a picking, like a lot of the blueberry producers in Georgia this year but not a full crop. So I'm right. guessing it's cold damage, winter damage, more than anything else. Well, as I said, they're about eight or nine feet tall. Would you suggest pruning them maybe back down? How do you reach the ones up at the top? Well, I've got a, <laughs> I've got a stick with a hook on it. That <laughs> yeah, I would get tired of that pretty quickly, John. <laughs> go, go do a little pruning on it. Reduce the height. Who the tallest limbs, the oldest, the ones right in the middle that have all the bark on it. It looks like they're just oldest Methuselah. Get those limbs and shorten them down to about four feet high. And then you'll have new growth where you make your cut, and they'll cut that growth will come out and get it to a six or so feet. And that'll still be within reachable distance, maybe even just seven feet reachable to get the, the blueberries without having the hook on the end. Uh, so, yeah, you can prune now. All right, answer. that's a good. Thank you very much. Like I said, because I'm usually have enough blueberries to last me through the year if I yeah, put sure. them in my freezer. But this year, I think I may have to purchase some outside. So, when is, when's the last time you fertilized, John? Uh, probably last fall. I usually uh, use. Uh, let's let's work on that too, because blueberries need more fertilizer than once a year. So. Uh, you can use any commercial blueberry fertilizer or anything for azaleas, camellias, uh, rhododendrons. It's labeled for that. But I would do it at least twice a year, once in the spring before they start leafing out, and then once in midsummer, about right now, if you've got some water or the rain coming in right now, of course. If you've got it's some water. Right right now. And yeah. I've been using cottonseed meal. Cottonseed meal works fine, but I still think you need more than once a year. Okay. How, All right, I'll how, give that a shot and hope next year will be better. How is the rain right now, John? We're trying to keep up with that right now. How is the rain in ball ground right now? It's raining light, and there's no more thunder and lightning going on. It's just a light rain. I think it may have passed by us. Oh, great. Ashley, what do you see? Well, there are reports that there may be two homes that have been struck by lightning in Cherokee County, and right now Cherokee County and Hall County are reporting many downed trees, down wow. power lines, so... Please be cautious when you're out there driving around this morning. Be careful. Thank you, Ashley. At 647 at News Talk WSB, we'll be back after this. Get breaking news, weather, and traffic updates all weekend on WSB and the WSB radio app. Then Monday at Atlanta's Morning News, Kirk Mellis updates a stormy start to the week with his five-day forecast. Tell them I'm on vacation. See, I went to visit friends But you ain't heard a scene from me in quite a while 
this would not be a morning to go on a vacation right now. Severe thunderstorm watch all over most of Atlanta. Severe thunderstorm warning for Gwinnett, Barrow Hall, Jackson, Oconee, and Walton counties right now. Quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Today, the high will be around 89 degrees, low of 71. The tones that you hear are just to alert you there is a severe thunderstorm watch going on and warning going on right now. So we are looking up, keeping up with this by looking online on Twitter. Actually, you see anything new? Did you say power was out in Tucker? Yes, in parts of Gwinnett County, but the oh, latest man. that I'm seeing on Twitter is Tucker. Wow, 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 wow. Well, anything else new about the weather? Or we want to talk about the Carathon coming up next week. I think we're uh, pretty caught up. We've got meteorologist Brad Nitz and Brian Monahan with Channel 2 Action News tracking the storms, and now they're moving kind of south and east toward I-20, out okay. toward the Covington area, out of ah, Monroe. Newton County, so. out that way, sure. going to be a rainy day out there, so keep an eye out. Be safe wherever you are. So actually, next Thursday, we're going to be together to do the Aflac Cancer Center big carathon that WSB does every year. Can't wait. 18th annual, right? Yeah, 18th annual. And we was what's the total right now? We're up in twenty million dollars, something like that, over the last so since two thousand one. Right. I think we've raised close to nineteen million. So I bet nice. that we'll be able to break twenty million. Twenty this million year. dollars. We did that little pre-interview with the kids that we're going to talk to, or the kid that we're going to talk to next Thursday. And what did you think about Zeke? He was a crazy guy. I mean, not crazy. He's a great guy. Great kid. Zeke is 13 and suffers from a blood disorder mm-hmm. and aplastic anemia or something like that. And man knows almost as much about his, his own condition right. as his doctors do. He's very involved in his diagnosis and his treatment. So he was fascinating, a smart kid and a great family. Oh, yeah, great family. Looking forward to talking to him more next Thursday night. Ashley again and I will be together next Thursday for the WSB Carathon Benefiting Athletic Cancer and Blood Disorder Center. This is a great, great, great event. You can donate early if you want to. Go to wsbradio.com. Right there is where you can do it. And you will see some of the kids that will be interviewed by other people, other guests, other hosts of radio. And you can see what we do with the AFLAC, or what they do, I should say, with the AFLAC uh, money that's donated. It is a great, great event. Actually, I look forward to seeing you and being there with you. Thursday night. It's going to be a late night, 10 to midnight, you and I are on. 10 to midnight. Oh, fun, 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 fun. But Zeke, Ushery, and his family, we hope that will be a great interview, too. It's 6.57 at News Talk WSB. We'll be back to more Lawn and Garden after news.